This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune, I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn effortlessly chic whether it's winter or or summer they've got premium european linen dresses blouses and shorts from 30 dollars. you've got washable silk tops really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more like truly the list goes on and on and the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I am Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. We sure do. And we're also munching on popcorn. Mm-mm-mm. You, you, started, you started doing the intro and I was like, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> and I didn't... <laughs> Well, I had to hide my crunching. I rudely went and got a bowl of popcorn while you were out moving your car without offering you any. Well, what kind I'm, of host am I? You know what? You're a host with the most, but I did come back and just say, can I have some? <laughs> and I was like, duh. Give me that snack. Because it's good. Popcorn is. Popcorn's the best. This episode of Forever 35 brought to you by popcorn. <laughs> Kate, how you doing? Dory. You know, I've got a lot of stuff going on here. 
Oh, yeah. In my list of what's up with me. Mm. I mean, right now I'm dealing with a sinus headache. Yeah. So I'm drinking a cup of coffee to try to knock that out of my brain. I put it in a Dunkin' Donuts mug for you. I appreciate this subtle reference to our heritage. <laughs> Did I give you the Massachusetts one or the Boston one? It's Boston. Oh, yeah. So there's Faneuil Hall, mm. Prudential Center. Look at that skyline. Love that city. Love that dirty water. Um, you know what? I've got a couple of things going on. One is that I've diagnosed myself with a gluten intolerance. Okay. How did you know, this come about? I'm going to also, listeners, I will go to the doctor to discuss this with a doctor. I don't think like just internet diagnosing is the way to go. But I'm suspicious. I'm not, I don't think, I obviously don't have celiac, nor would I ever want to like co-opt the true pain of someone who deals with gluten allergy, celiac. I'm not saying that. But I have noticed that I get very deep, uncomfortable stomach aches and bloating after I eat a heavy amount of carbohydrates. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the first time it happened, I was with my husband and I was like, Ugh, it's the coffee. And he was like, you also just had a bagel and last night you had three slices of pizza. Now, that's a lot of carbs. Yeah, I don't eat, I don't eat that many carbs for every meal. But so maybe it was just a that combination of New York City food. But I have noticed it happening more and more. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. My bowels don't bother me, but I do get this kind of weird, dull stomach ache. You should go to a, go to a gastro. I'm going to go get it checked out. Um, and while I do that, I'm also just taking a break from gluten-y things to just see if that makes a difference. This is not an everyday occurrence, but it's something that's like definitely happened enough that I've noticed it. Yeah. The problem is I like gluten, so it's this is not like a fun journey for me. But I I mentioned this because I am curious if anyone... You know, also wants to armchair medic doctor me. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so I'm on day two of giving myself my own no more gluten experiment. For and a how have you weeks. felt uh, on I day two? I feel fine. Okay. I just love gluten. Yeah. I like bread. I like pasta. I like pretzels. I like soy sauce. I like things that have gluten in it. So it's a it's a journey. I don't think popcorn has gluten. No, I believe popcorn nope. is gluten free. It's a technically a grain it's a corn it's a corn don't know what it is clearly i haven't done enough <laughs> research but i am just trying to to experiment and see how i feel and i will make a doctor's appointment and then the other thing that i'm doing dory is that i am working on staying organized and i have talked to my therapist about it and i am trying to now consolidate all my organizational needs into the wonderlist app mm -hmm. how's that going it's going okay I realized that notebooking is planners I'm really not having much luck with. Okay. So I'm trying to put it all into one place that's accessible on my computer and my phone. So we'll see. I like Wonderlist. I've done a bunch of research on different listing apps. I've used Wonderlist before, mm -hmm. but organization, as listeners do know, it's a sticky thing for me. I'm not organized. It's a struggle. It is a challenge. Well, I'm eager to hear how it works out for you. If I make you use Wonderlist for tasks for the podcast, would you be on board? I would be happy to. Okay, well, guys, there we go. Might have to recruit Dory into my Wonderlist nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've tried to use Wonderlist, um, but don't. I've also tried to use Things. Mm -hmm, me too. Um, I've tried Google Tasks. Yeah. I've tried two different planners this year. You know what I've started doing that is like kind of working for me so far is, and I kind of done a version of this before, 
but I've been doing it a little bit more consistently is I just write down on a notepad next to my bed the stuff I need to do the next day. I still keep a calendar. Mm -hmm. Like I still have, you know, all my meetings and whatever in my Google calendar. But on this like note, just notepad, I just write like, send that email. You know what I mean? Like respond to Kate about blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, mail that letter for insurance or you know whatever like all the kind of tasks i need and to do. do you walk around with that list well the following day? so what i've done a couple of times is i've taken a picture of it with my phone and then i have it but i do find that just the act of writing it down is often enough for me puts it in t- into your brain it puts it into my brain and i kind of see it and i like it imprints um it's a great twilight reference story I didn't mean to be making one, but there we did. There we did. And then whatever. What am I talking about? And then I just like rip off the page and throw it away. That's reminiscent of what a listener yeah, advised listener, us to do. Yeah, totally. But I don't walk around with it. I found that when I tried to do that with it, like a notebook, I just never looked at it. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling with these planners. So I guess like this has kind of been working for me. Okay. Um, I don't have as much of these issues as you do. I don't think, um, and Google calendar has kind of solved a lot of this stuff for me. Like I just put everything in the calendar. It's always in there. I set reminders for my phone. So I know like I have a reminder half an hour before a thing and 10 minutes before Mm, a thing. That's good. I need to do that. Um, and I, and like everything is in there. Um, and that has been really helpful because I find that when stuff does for, for whatever reason, doesn't make it in there, I, I forget about it, but if it's in there, it's, it's fine. Can I ask you if you do this? Cause I just started doing something that I am pretty excited about. That's helps me kind of stay organized, which is I put all my pills into a weekly organizer that I'm just leaving by my bed and I put my vitamins, my fish oil, mm-hmm. my Prozac. Mm-hmm. I have gone back and forth on pill organizers. I used them a lot when I was like deep in IVF and taking mm-hmm. you had a ton, right? a gajillion. Um, I don't use them anymore because I have a pretty set rhythm for taking my pills now. Like at night, I take I take my vitamins at night now. So I take my vitamins, my diclegis, my anti nausea medication. Um, I take my prenatals. I now take gummies. Instead of the Delicious. pills, I know I'm like, can I just eat this whole bottle? Uh-huh. I love gummy <laughs> Um And then in the morning, I just take Diclegis and Wellbutrin, and I I set an alarm now for my afternoon Diclegis because I was forgetting it. And then at like five o'clock, I was like, why do I feel like why is there a pit in my stomach? <laughs> oh, I forgot to take my anti nausea meds. And then any and then when I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to take my thyroid meds. So I don't think a pill organizer, like for all, the, <laughs> I just have to take stuff at such different times. Yeah, you need like five organizers. Yeah, so I just kind of, it's like right before I go to bed, right when I wake up at two o'clock, I have the alarm. And then sometime in the middle of the night when I wake up, I just like lean over and take a Synthroid. <laughs> Very impressed that you remember to do that. Um, thanks. So, but yeah, and like when I go on vacation or yes. go away, I, I use a pillow. You have recommended one. Yes, I have. Handy. So how have you been doing since I've last seen you? You know, I've been doing pretty well. I'm not going to lie. You're, you've got that second trimester good vibration. I haven't thrown up in two weeks. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm eating normally. Like I have my appetite back and I'm eating normal food, which is like amazing. My pooping has gotten so much better. Oh, I love when poops go back to normal. I don't have that. I don't have that taste in my mouth mm-hmm. from eating carbs all the time. Um, I think, you know, sidebar, I think, I feel like I heard from a listener or I saw in Facebook group or something. Someone was like, I, I don't know. They, they thought that by my saying I was, I didn't like eating carbs all the time that I was talking about gaining weight, but it wasn't about gaining weight. It was about f- just feeling yucky from eating so many carbs because it, I, I was eating no protein. I was just eating carbs and I had this like kind of yucky taste in my mouth I all know the, the time. Taste. I know the taste you're talking about. Yeah. So that was really what I was talking about. Um, and now I'm kind of back to normal. I feel like I'm actually, I feel like I like crave protein now. So it's a whole new day. Wow. I've also been seeing friends. That's great. Um, yeah, which is really nice. Like some people that I just hadn't seen in a couple of months because I pretty much fell off the face of the earth and only saw you. Um, Happens. <laughs> um, I've been seeing people again. And so that feels really good to just like catch up with people. Um, I also, I have a cousin. I guess technically she's my second cousin. Our moms are cousins. Cool. Um, and she is a freshman at USC. Oh, hello. And I've, I had probably met her like once or twice when, you know, when she was like eight or something, like our moms are close, but she grew up in Boston and, you know, I, I just don't really know her. Um, but we were in touch and we decided to get together. And so I took her out to lunch and she's like the sweetest person who is also like really earnest about saving the world and she's a vegan and she's in the sustainability she's she's studying sustainability and she's in like the green business club and like she's just like this amazing human and i was like oh like the youth are okay the youth the youth's gonna save us yeah the youth like she kind of like restored my faith in humanity that's i love that feeling yeah and i was also like wow that's so brave of her to like you know she grew up in the suburbs of boston she came all the way to california for college like that's far. Congratulations, Dory, yeah. second cousin. So um, I was into that. Um, also, you know, Kate, your nails look amazing because you have Beetlejuice nails. I have fake nails on right now. I got to shout out my friend Glennis who gave me these nails. You can follow her on Instagram. I'll link, link to her. She did an amazing job giving me these uh, gel extensions. Did you come to her with a specific idea? Um, we collaborated. Okay. I was like, could I have Beetlejuice themed nails for my husband's Beetlejuice show? And she sent me a bunch of pictures oh, and then we so talked about cool. it and I looked at her nails and she just is an incredible nail artist in the Los Angeles area. So she gave me these really cool extensions and colorful shiny nails but they're not my real nails so having long having long fake nails has been a journey yeah i mean they look great i I love them yeah i really like it um but i bring that up because my nails have been growing they look great thank you they're they're a little dirty right now but they are kind of like longer and healthier i can see that than they've been in forever so i'm like maybe this is like a pregnancy nail thing well don't if i recall your hair and your nails get real thick and nice while you're that's what they say i mean it has yet to happen for my hair but i'm just glad that it's happening for my nails listen if you're gonna take get it somewhere take it exactly so i'm embracing it um 
Yeah. So that's been like exciting. I'm like, ooh, my nails. That's a nice bonus. <laughs> it is a nice bonus. Um, oh, and the other thing that I just wanted to mention is on my other podcast, we had been having some discussion about like what to do with the podcast yeah. because it was a podcast about like trying to get pregnant and now I am pregnant. And, you know, we had heard from some listeners who are still dealing with infertility who felt like they had kind of been left behind and, you know, felt like I should be kind of more sensitive to the needs of the infertility community. Um, and while I hope that I will remain sensitive to those needs, I also felt like this is my story and this is my pregnancy. Um, so that was like, Matt and I talked about it a lot. Like that was like a big kind of thing going on this week for us. Um, and so our conclusion is that we're now in season two. <laughs> After two years. After two years. Season one was very long. <laughs> season one was very long. Numerous episodes. <laughs> Over a hundred episodes. <laughs> Here we are in season two. Season two, pregnancy after IVF. Pregnancy after IVF. Yeah. That's great. I think we might change the name of the, like, it'll still be Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, but now it's Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure and IVF Journey. I think we're going to change it to Pregnancy After IVF. So not Matt and Dory's Pregcellent Adventure? I called the episode the Pregcellent Adventure. That seems to make sense because you you're talking you this whole time you've been talking about what you're going through totally. and currently you are going through the experience yeah. of pregnancy yeah so i invite listeners who may be pregnant themselves or who have been pregnant after ivf and to come on over and listen to season two so cool season two season two you're really a podcaster i mean i have two seasons <laughs> um all right let's take a quick let's break, take a break. 
with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay. 
like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So the holidays are coming up. Oh, are they ever? Thanksgiving is next week. It's just right around that corner. Right around the old corner. And I feel like over email and in the Facebook group, there's been just a lot of talk of surviving the holidays. And on a previous mini episode, we touched on it a little bit. But we thought we would devote a little more time to it. And because you know why I'm, I'm already feeling stressed about them. And not in the good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. It's not why every year, every year I'm like, this is going to be the chill holiday season. Then it never is. Let's try to change that. Let's transform. Okay. Okay. What are your holiday survival tips? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to actually implement them right now because I do tend to save things for the last minute or everything just gets very busy. One of my kids has a birthday in December. So we've got that going on. So the first thing I was thinking about is holiday cards. I really like doing them. I know they are a bit dated and also very wasteful. Uh, if you're concerned about the environment, sending out just endless pieces of paper that get thrown away maybe isn't the best choice. So I'm trying to think of a way to do them this year that isn't going to cause me a ton of stress or work. I love holiday cards. I, like I love getting them. I do too. It's like a weird holdover mm-hmm. I have from the 80s. Yeah. Um, I think actually like a lot of people send them. They do, but there, there has been the rise of like email holiday cards, yes, which I think is a sure. great, a great way to do it if you want to do them at all. But I will say, if you are a person who's feeling the pressure of doing holiday cards, let it go. You don't, you do not have to do them. Yeah. It, it is not like take it off your list. Totally. It's a lot of work. It costs money. Mm -hmm. Like it's just one more freaking thing. So if you are not inclined or if it's too much, like we've definitely sent them in February or we've skipped a year. Yeah. Because just like your life gets busy. Um, Can I share a holiday card tip? Bring it. That I did last year. That was such a game changer. I got, I think I used, I can't remember if I used minted or tiny prints. I used one of those. And they will address the cards for you. Which is great. Very, it makes your life so oh much easier. Now it's an added cost, correct? 
Um, I believe the one, I believe I got them on a promotion that it was free. So I will say I've done all those websites, Tiny Prince, Shutterfly, Minted. They are always having deals. Yeah. You got to totally. dig around for those yeah. 40% so I think off I got, moments. I think I got like free addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the early, like right now, early on, they have some great deals. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. It, you can also pay extra and have them stamp them for you but they charge like more than the postal service it just that seemed like i can i can put some stamps on them you can sit and watch some tv and stamp some some, some, some tv and stamp but i think they will also mail them for you that sounds amazing so like you know if you have the money and it really is a big like a big heavy load for you then pay the money and get that done okay so yeah that's what i gotta say that's what we say we don't do them at all (laughs) Um, one thing I try to do is get my shopping done early and my kids are now old enough that they can kind of articulate what they want. And I have found these great printouts online that you give to your kid and it's, um, something I want, something I need, something Something to to wear, wear, something something to read, read. and then something I really, really, really want. Like the big, yeah, the big gift. And I like that because it sets up five things. Yep. And it helps me kind of pinpoint what my kids genuinely want. Cause I tend to do the thing of like just frantically buying instead of being thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be very thoughtful, not buy too much this year and use that as a tool to really guide my shopping. And another thing I do is that I try to do um, an activity, not an activity, but um, another thing I try to do is some sort of charitable giving Mm -hmm. and include my children in that. So we are collecting gifts for a local family this year. I just think that's like, you know, reminding your children and also yourself that like truly the true intention of the holiday season is is giving, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. giving of ourselves, like giving our kindness and also, I guess, physically, tangibly giving things. Um, it's not the getting and the the hoarding and the presents, right? It's about yeah. giving of ourselves. So I think that's important for me to remember because all these other external things can start to get really stressful. Do you and your husband give each other gifts? We do. Yeah. But some sometimes we haven't. Sometimes we've been like, hey, we're buying a couch this year. That's yeah. our gift to each other. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I, actually, we haven't talked about it this year. Um, I don't feel like it's urgent for us to always be giving to each other like being able to give our kids things is a real gift and just getting to like spend the day together is is that's gift and my mom always used to ask for dish towels and it used to make me crazy but now I get it right you don't need anything yeah you know she yeah. just she just wanted everybody to be happy and get along Aww. oh Martha what a gal um give us another tip because I feel like you've got this shit down wait you do yeah I do you seem so calm oh thanks um well I was just going to say that, you know, one of my husband's main love languages is, is gifts. His, his main love language is acts of service. That's how he shows love. That's how he shows love. And my love language is quality time. So is Anthony's. So my first, first couple years we were together, I gave Matt gifts that were like, We'll go to like a Clippers game together. This is what I do with my husband. We'll go to like, I booked us like a night at the fancy hotel at Disneyland. And Mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh, he'll be so into that. And he was sort of like, meh. 
He likes actual items. He likes actual things. And it took me a little while to like really wrap my head around that. Interesting. Because I like experiences, like sharing experiences. You are my husband. And um, and Matt is more of like, we're sitting in his office surrounded by his guitar collection. A lot of guitars, a lot of Beatles, a lot of posters. Stuff. He has a lot of stuff and he likes stuff. Um now our house is filled to the gills with stuff so we don't really need more stuff but here's an example for our anniversary um it was our third wedding anniversary and i found out that our um like you're supposed to get leather gifts for your for your third anniversary so i got him uh he has a couple of like nice watches that are always like out just randomly i got him a nice watch box I love that idea. So, and he was actually really, like, he was really touched. You spoke his love language. I spoke his love language. It was something that he actually needed that he didn't know he needed. So I'm trying to kind of, like, think along those lines um, and not, and also not make it about how much I spend um, because I think that's something that he sometimes gets caught up in. Like, if I spend a lot of money, that shows my love. But... Uh, I think it's, you know, that's not what it's about. I don't think that's what it's about. I think we're kind of coming to a good sort of, we're coming to an equilibrium a little bit about gift giving. Um, Well, I do say, I will say on that note, it can start to feel extremely stressful, the the spending at the holiday season. And I think if you can find a way, like one thing, one gift that I have received and also known other people to give is where they put together like the contents of a little bean soup and put it into a little mason jar with a card. Oh, that's cute. So cute. Like, I think it is the thought that it coming back to the fact that it's the thought that counts, not the amount that we're spending and truly like a heartfelt homemade gift is so meaningful. Yes. So, but I also, I am also trying to train myself like you to get started on this stuff earlier. Um, like the present I got him for for our anniversary was great, but it arrived like five days after our anniversary because I'd gotten it totally the last minute. Um, and so I would like to start thinking about his Christmas gift gifts now. Um, as well as like gifts for family and, you know, gifts for other people. So I'm going to try and kind of plan ahead as much as I can. Um, so that is my, that is a kind of gift giving tip that I have. Here's one tip I have for myself that I would like to share. One, I don't take any risks around the holidays because everything stresses me out. I'm just prone to being like an anxious mess. So the holidays are not when I decide to like learn how to bake create make a moose oh okay do you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah yeah i wasn't sure where you were going where i was that. going take, yeah. I, i'm not bungee jumping yeah, on holidays like, no skydiving no like <laughs> i i just it's not the time where i'm going to like teach myself a new thing and then share it i'm not gonna like learn how to crochet and give crochet things as gifts that is very wise you know what i'm saying i do just because i save everything for the last minute already so keeping it simple especially when it comes to like the cooking of the dinners because yeah. cooking is scary for me and asking for help from my family members who are at my home who are good cooks. My stepmother and my brother are great cooks. Yeah. Dory, another thing I do yeah, and another kind of bit of advice that I would love to share is that I don't beat myself up about food and sweets and drinking and not exercising. I don't get on that train. 
I'm just letting it pass by. Good. I hate that bullshit narrative about the holidays Mm -hmm. and letting us get all swept up in the like, oh, I'm eating too many cookies in January. Like, just just eat the cookies or don't. Just enjoy the fact that we're here and able to do this. I mean, this is what I'm telling myself. I've been swept up in that before. It's hard not to be. It is. We live in diet culture. And it's it's such BS. It is such BS. But I will say, sort of along those lines, if you are having a holiday get together of some sort, whether it is Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or Latka Cookie Fest, um, do as much as you can in advance. I see. Make as many things as you can in advance. Freeze them. Plan your menu, whether it's freezing things or making things even like a day ahead of time or whatever. Don't don't allow yourself to be the person who, you know, an hour before dinner is served, you realize that the turkey needs four more hours in the oven. Um, I I think for for those big meals like that, I've I've some I've made schedules um, of like when stuff needs to go in the oven and when I can prepare certain things that can be prepared ahead of time. Like if you're making like a pumpkin bread, that doesn't need to be made on Thanksgiving. You can make that a day or even two days ahead of time. I'm very impressed at your schedule making. My friend Joy, shout out Joy, listener and friend of the pod, sent me her holiday like food creation schedule from mm-hmm. last year and it was inspiring. I never even thought to do that. Yeah, and it just really helps. Also, if you have like limited oven and refrigerator space. A limited oven is a real thing. Yeah. Like, actually, you can't cook all of your stuff no. at the same time. But how do you do it? Here's a here's a question I have for you. Yeah. How do I, like, let's say it's Thanksgiving, cook the turkey and bake the green bean casserole? What's the order? You do the green beans first and then just kind of hope it doesn't get cold? I would... Well, you want to have the turkey out... When do you take the turkey out? Is it, like, half an 30 hour? 30 minutes before? Yeah, half an hour before. Um, and how long does a green bean casserole take to Let's cook? say 35 minutes. I've got a great recipe I'll share with everybody. I mean, you could always just pop it in right when you take the turkey out. Okay. All right. I always get muddled by that, by like the, the order or, of the cooking. Or you, you cook, you kind of like par bake, you know, like you cook stuff. So you just have to sort of heat it up. Yes, 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 yes. yes. You know, okay. just pop it back in the oven for like five or 10 minutes. That might be the, the move for the green bean casserole. You have it cooked ahead of time. You have it wrapped in, you know, you put foil on it. And then 10 minutes before you're sitting down to eat, you just pop it back in at 350. Here's a great tip that's on your list that just caught my eye. Set boundaries. Can you speak to this? Oh, I can. (laughs) Um, By set boundaries, I mean both like in terms of the like if you're invited to a lot of holiday parties and you don't want to you know, you don't want to go to all of them. Don't go. It's okay. Same with family. Like if you don't get along with your family, for example, or your family is problematic in some way, you still want to see them, but you don't want to spend five days with them. Make it clear the amount of time that you're going to be spending with them. Um, If you can afford it and you're going home and you live somewhere that's that has hotels stay in a hotel that's like my number one tip yeah um we when we can 
when when we can swing it because hotels in Boston are often very expensive when we can swing it and the hotel prices aren't crazy we will stay in a hotel when we go to visit my parents now because they they now live in a small apartment it's just too crowded and I love my parents but it's like it's a lot especially for a few days um and so again if this is something that is within your means I would say go for it I also get really caught up in like, who do I give gifts to? And you wrote, you said, don't, you don't have to get everyone a gift. And this can be very hard as a parent because you have teacher gifts, but then you have like, well, what about the swim instructor or the gymnastics teacher or so forth and so on? And I never know. I, I worry that I'm missing somebody. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't have as many kind of possibilities but we always give our dog walker a gift we always give our house cleaner a gift um i send a card to bo's daycare but i I don't give individual the individual people their gifts um like yeah so like kind of those people i feel like anyone that you see regularly and sort of personally is someone that you should consider giving some sort of even just a holiday card gift to expressing yeah. gratitude. I think a holiday card expressing gratitude is fine. I mean, when I was, um, this was a few years ago, I was like recovering from an injury and I worked with a personal trainer a couple days a week. I gave him a card and like a gift card for Christmas because he was someone I saw so often. He'd really helped me. And I was just like, I really appreciate this. Um, I don't feel the need to give like a group fitness class instructor a gift though. You know what I mean? I do. Um, But yeah, it's totally kind of, you have to kind of determine your own boundaries. Got to pick your gift battles. Exactly. And you know, the only other thing I would say is like, and this is, I feel like we've touched on this a little bit, but do just like figure out what brings you joy in the holiday season. That's a great perspective and go that route, right? Go that route. And I think that kind of encompasses a lot of what we've been talking about that encompasses like setting boundaries Yeah. that encompasses gift giving that encompasses volunteering. Like it's all these things like what is going to make the most meaningful and joyful holiday, especially because the things that stress some people out, like let's say cooking for me, that brings somebody immense joy. Exactly. No, nobody has the same experience. Exactly. Some people love throwing holiday parties and some people don't, you know, it's just, it's kind of, some people love spending five days with their family. Yeah. Some people don't celebrate any holiday. Totally. Um, there was actually someone had posted in the Facebook group recently asking if, people thought it was okay if she go on a solo trip over the holidays instead of spending it with her family who she doesn't really get along with. Um, and like, yeah, that's fine. Uh-huh. That it's sounds incredible. Totally fine. So, you know, I think bringing joy to yourself and to others in the holiday season is what we should all be thinking about. What a beautiful ending note, Dory. Thank you. Let's take a let's take a little break. Okay. Our guest today is Ellen Fondler. Ellen, welcome. 
I'm so nice to be here. Thrilled to have you. I'm going to read a bio that I wrote up about your incredible professional life. Ellen is an entrepreneur, strategist, writer, fundraiser, and educator known for creating positive social change. She began her career as an attorney working with the California Supreme Court, specializing in death penalty appeals. Since then, she has reinvented her career many times over. She was a founder and general partner of the Monterey Baking Company, where she utilized her baking skills to produce delicious desserts and breads. She later went on to serve as the executive director of the River School Children's Garden, where she led the fundraising campaign to build a garden program and developed an award-winning program that promoted healthy eating and connected local school, excuse me, school, I have the hiccups, school children with distinguished chefs. She also became a certified master gardener and a general partner in a garden and floral design firm. Later, Ellen served as executive director at Me Earth, a nonprofit sustainability education center. And now Ellen works for herself as a career and business strategist and offers coaching and strategy sessions for people who feel uninspired or discouraged about their career options. And I should add, as I put in this bio, that also once Ellen gave me incredible supportive advice over email about my own career, and I probably would have never had the confidence to even try to write a book without you, Ellen. So thank Aww. you for that. Um, and we're so excited you're here. And as Dory asked me, she's like, how do you know Ellen? And I said, we drove together to a women's retreat about astrology. Serendipity, it was which is really how all, all of so many of these careers happen. But yes, we, we just were partnered together to ride share and what a great partnership that was. It was so awesome because I was I'm so socially nervous and I was like, how am I gonna be in a car with a person I don't know for 90 minutes driving from Los Angeles to Ojai and you made it so easy because you have the gift of gab and you were very made me feel very comfortable and told me all about your life and asked all about mine. And from that moment I was like, oh this woman is my hero. And you're mine. I love everything you do. And I love your courage. And I love this podcast. I've been listening to it as I walk back and forth to my co-working place. And you two are amazing. Well, oh, thank you. You're listing off all the many careers you've had. It's like an about face almost every time. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what made you in every different professional leap that you've had how, what made you decide to take a step in a totally different direction? And how did you have kind of the confidence and courage to do that? Well, some of it's just a little bit of craziness. You know, you sort of like leap and then you think, whoa, how did I get here? Um, a lot of it, a lot of it is, as I was saying, is serendipity. When I was in law school, I was walking down the hall of a, you know, to a class and there was this little note posted on a bulletin board about this new office that was opening in Los Angeles called the State Public Defender's Office. And they were looking for an intern and they were just doing appeals. Um, and I didn't know what appeals were and I didn't know what even criminal law was. I had just started law school, but something in me just like was drawn to this. So I applied and I got it. And the, the office ended up just doing death penalty appeals and that started that chapter. And then later on, many years down the road, I um, had little kids and I was reading about rapes and murders all day. And as much as I really liked my work, I was just ready for something else. And I was reading this article about school gardens and I didn't know anything about gardening. And 
but again, something, there was just this little voice that just said to me, this could be fun. Now, I'm also a person, as you know, Kate, I love astrology and, um, and I study it. And I'm also a person that has a lot of air. So, you know, there's air, there's fire, there's water, there's earth. And I have like seven planets in air. So I'm interested in lots and lots and lots of different things. So even today, if you were to say to me, you know, are there things that you wish you could have done that you didn't? I could probably list a whole bunch. So things just interest me. So when I read this article about school gardens and the way that kids were learning about academic subjects through gardening, I was just drawn to it. And they were having a workshop the next day in Santa Cruz. And I went and um, I just like my right brain woke up after sort of reading law for all those years. All of a sudden we were outdoors and we were in the dirt and there was just something about it that really touched me. So I went back. My son at that time was in second grade. I went back to his teacher. I said, oh, my God, we have to do this. And she went and took the workshop and then we brought them to the school. And so I think I like putting things together. You know, I, I like starting things. I like figuring out the puzzle. I like making things happen. Have you ever, we actually recently um, heard from a listener on one of our mini episodes who was asking about imposter syndrome. And I'm wondering if you at any times felt felt that and saying like, I'm a lawyer and now I'm a gardener, a master gardener. And now I'm, you know, now I'm baking. Were there ever times where you doubted yourself or felt like others might be doubting you? And how did you kind of um, reckon with that and keep moving forward confidently? All the time. I would, I wake up in the morning and even now I wake up and I think, you know, what am I doing? And certainly when I was putting together the nonprofit, me Earth, you know, I would just like every day I think, well, what do we have to do? Um, I have a good instinct to just take one step at a time. I talk to people. I think one key is to just find experts and talk to lots and lots of people and learn what you don't know and hire people to do the things you're not very good at. Um and I also am a person that, and I think it's a blessing, but I have tremendous grit. I hold on no matter what. And I think grit is a great thing to have. Is that something you can learn or is that something that you think you were born with? I think a little bit of each. I think I was certainly born with it and I think you can learn it. I mean, I, there's this woman, she has a great TED talk about grit and I can't, I can't remember her name, but she is trying to convince schools to teach grit to kids in the schools. She believes that grit is even more important than intelligence, and it probably is. So I, I do think that it's something that I think the way you learn it is that you um, there's a lot of positive feedback when you hold on to something, when you sort of get through those negative moments, when you get through the self-doubt and you get to the other side of it, even though other self-doubt and other hard moments come up and it's, you know, also come up down the road. But there's this sense of like finishing the big race or, mm. you know, having made it to the other side that you are really proud of yourself for hanging in there. And I think grit builds upon grit. You just it's, it's a learned muscle. And so often I know myself, I stop before I even do the hard work because I'm so afraid of failing or embarrassing myself or I convince myself it's a stupid idea. I mean, you have to, you, you, you seem like you're really able to move past that every time. Well, not every time, but I, I, I can move past it. And, you know, one of the things I do is I have this interview project called, how did you do that? And Kate, I interviewed you. You did. And, and I love this project because I, 
talk to so many people who are doing amazing things. And, you know, I'm just endlessly fascinated and always have been. Uh, how do people do what they do? Why do people work? What is work about? What's work supposed to feel like? And often people do things, again, through serendipity. I have a great story of somebody that I'll tell you in a minute. But, but um, they also... There are so many amazing things that happen in this world because people hang in there and they hang in through their doubts and they hang in through the hard things um, and extraordinary things are created. But one of the great stories, one of the people I interviewed was a person who had a very abusive childhood and she was unfortunately in a very abusive relationship and they were having a huge fight in a car and her boyfriend at the time kicked her out of the car to the curb. And there she was lying on the curb and she sort of looked up and she was in front of a kickboxing studio. And she thought, well, I could either, you know, go kill myself. I could go back to the life that I'm that's clearly not working or I could go into the studio and take a kickboxing class. She had never taken a kickboxing class, but she happened to land in front of a kickboxing studio. And she is now an extraordinary kickboxer. She teaches other, under, she has a nonprofit that teaches underserved girls about kickboxing and really helps them learn confidence and grit through kickboxing. Uh, she was on an Olympic team for kickboxing. So that moment, wow. that little moment when she made the decision to walk into that studio was her life changer. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. 
After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How do you then, as a person who's done this and held on with grit, how do you deal with things when you've done the hard work and things fail spectacularly? Well, first of all, I think at this point, I I, I see a rhythm to life. You know, I know that things can fail and then you can try it a different way or you can do something else and you can be successful at it. And I think like we all know, you know, certainly social media paints pictures of people being extraordinarily successful and behind the scenes, you know, perhaps, you know, the picture is not as pretty. But, you know, on good days when things are working great and everybody says how amazing we are, we feel great. And on bad days when things aren't working so well and we feel horrible, we feel like it's going to last forever. And there's a cycle, you know, you have good days, you have bad days. And for me, it helps to have good friends. It helps to have people I'm a talker. I have a lot of planets, as I said, in air, a lot of planets in Libra. I need to talk things out to sort of get them out of me. Uh, Some people need to write them out. Some people need to sing them out. But I need to cry them out. I'm a talker. So when I talk to friends, when I, I go to therapy, I'll talk to my family, I'll talk to other people. And it just somehow makes me realize that that life is a continuum. There's this just like one little dot in a very long and windy road and I will for sure get to the other side of this somehow. That's not to say it's not hard. Life is hard. And it's not to say I don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning all the time and feel anxious and, you know, my demons come out. I mean, yes, it, all of that happens. And I just really just try to take a deep breath and keep moving in spite of it. What are some of your self-care practices? So funny question, because when you first asked me to be on this this podcast. And I listened to a few of your podcasts and I went, whoa, why are they asking me? Because I am not a person with like, I love that you guys talk about it. And I am not a person that has like sort of makeup self-care practices. And in fact, my son, my younger son has a friend, Allie, who's like, a Sephora gold star medal <laughs> users. You know, she just knows everything about makeup. You guys would love having her on your show because she really does know a lot. And I said, oh my God, Allie, you got to take me to Sephora. I need a self-care routine. I'm going to be on this podcast. We never quite got there. But you know, I was, I didn't have a mom that was into like painting nails, although she went to the beauty parlor every week and had her nails done. But she, we didn't, she wasn't a girly mom kind of mom. So I didn't have any of that. She did, however, uh, teach my sister and myself about um, the importance of getting facials. We went oh. to Georgia Klinger. I don't know if Georgia Klinger even exists anymore, but we went to Georgia Klinger like, I don't know, once every couple of months. And to this day, I still am a major facial person. I am lucky I have really good skin. So I just use whatever you know, cream the facialist tells me to use. And 
so I, I have like, and, and then I was like a hippie. I was a child of the sixties. So like I wasn't then into makeup or anything like that. So in terms of external, you know, I'm not sure I have a self-care routine, but in terms of internal, I uh, do a lot of things. First of all, the way that I live my life, my work is all about um, one of the things I do with my clients is I look at their their sort of life story and their work story. They, I have them write a life view and a work view. And the more that your life view and your work view sort of coalesce, the more balanced you feel. So I'm very lucky that my life view, which is to do good things in the world, which is to leave the world a little bit better, which is to you know try to be the best person I can, which is to try to be as joyful as I can, is very consistent with what I've been able to do work-wise. So my, my work really does balance me out. I'm also very lucky that I have a lot of flexibility. As a self-employed person, um, I can sort of create my days the way I need to create them. And I, I've learned over time that my days have cycles and rhythms. I wake up at like 6.30, 7 o'clock, and that's when I have the most energy. My brain is active. My, You know, I have energy to get work done. So I just get right to it. I make a cup of coffee. I try to take a few deep breaths. I try to like just ease into the day. But really, I start working pretty quickly, and I work till about noon or 1 o'clock when I crash. I just like my body just like my brain – takes takes a break. I just I crash. And pretty much I'm down for about three hours. And during that time, I will take a nap. I will take a walk. Sometimes I'll go to the movies. I've really allowed learned to allow myself to to appreciate the rhythm of my day. And then God knows why. But at four o'clock, I come back like my brain wakes up and I have the same kind of energy I had at like seven o'clock in the morning. And I get another couple of hour, really good hours of work and energy in. And um, so that that's what I do. I do take naps, as I said, almost every single day. Um, that sounds amazing. I, I love taking naps. That sounds. I mean, that is one of the. You haven't always been self-employed, so is, I, that, is that something that you tried to squeeze in, like say when you were an attorney, or is it something that you've come to later on in life? No, I used to put my head down on the desk and close my eyes for twenty minutes. I've always been a nap person. My dad was a nap person. My dad had this like amazing ability to close his eyes for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and just come back a new person. And I think it's like genetic. I think I got it. Um, and I, and I need it. It's like my brain just says, if I don't close my eyes for a few minutes, I'm going to die. And I just close my eyes and then I'll feel better. Oh, that sounds amazing. I could use one right now. Yeah. That sounds like Dory and I are just going to put our heads down after this. Can I ask um, you, Ellen, can I ask you a question? Sure. As, now that you work advising people about career and business strategy and kind of helping people move from like uninspired professional experiences to places where they really feel good about what they're doing, how do you know, like as a person who's stuck in a job, how, how do you know when it's time to make a change? I feel like a lot of times there's things holding us back, whether it's finances or not feeling confident enough, but how do you, how do you know when it's time to make any sort of change in your life? Or what, what advice do you give for people who are thinking about completely changing courses? Sure. Well, I think, sure, there's always things that you have to consider money and, you know, where you are in your life and, you know, how easy it is to make a change. Um, like with anything, work is something that should 
fill us up. It should make us feel energetic. It should make us feel joyful. Uh, certainly the jobs we do can't always do that, but there's always ways to maybe make changes in the course of, you know, in the, in the, uh, the actual employment or the, the firm or place you're working, uh, or you can do side jobs. What I, I use with my clients, this um, uh, designing your life thinking. It's design thinking where you look at your life from the point of view of a designer. And really, it's about prototyping. It's about trying things on and seeing if there's anything else out there that really will work for you. And it not only looks at work, but it looks at work, it looks at health, it looks at play, it looks at love. And it, and you, and what we do is at first we look at all those things and we try to put them on a um, uh, like a graded, you know, graph kind of thing where you might say, you know, I, you know, my marriage is great. Uh, I'm not playing enough in my life. My health is pretty good and I'm not really liking my work. So what we try to do at first is we say, well, what small little change can you make to your life right now over the next two weeks that might tweak this a little bit? Um, so sometimes like when I did it, you know, I realized that I was working a lot, but my health, I could have been healthier. I could have played more. Um, you know, my love was good. I, you know, really feel good about my kids live close by. I have great friends, you know, so that was feeling really great. But I realized that if I maybe took a walk at the beginning of my day for a half hour, I'd feel healthier. I'd feel more playful. It could really help. So, we, And it did. It did until, like, for whatever reason, you stop doing it. And then you sort of sink back to where you were. But then you try to do something else. So we sort of start with that. And then the other thing that we do through a series of different worksheets and conversations is ultimately you you do these mind maps where you just try to think outside of the box at all the different creative things you might want to be doing. And then you do these things called Odyssey plans, which are three or four or five year plans where you take like different things, different ways your life can go over the next five years. So maybe oh. the first plan would be the way your life is now. Um, like if you were to keep writing and podcasting and what, what, what would this look like over the five year period? And you put in everything again, you put in family, you put in travel, you put in health, you put in all of the things that, that make a life. And then you say the second plan might be, let's say for whatever reason, the world didn't need books anymore. I wasn't going to be a writer. I was going to do some of what my life is. You're not getting rid of the kids and the family, but like I was going to do something else. What would that look like? So you sort of play with that a little bit for five years. And then the third plan is what I call the Cirque du Soleil plan, where like if money didn't matter, if, you know, nobody's opinion mattered, if you were just going to like you were going to go be a bush pilot in Africa or whatever, like is your secret little dream, what would that look like? And then underneath there are these gauges that you look you look at, like, could I afford this plan? You know, how how does it uh cohere the, to my life and work visions? Um, is it doable? And out of all of these plans, you come up with a prototyping question. You come up with a question out in the world that you want to go out there and ask people. So let's say you decided that you really, really, really wanted to be a bush pilot in Africa. So you would go out there and you would have conversations with a lot of bush pilots and you would just ask them and it's, and you don't, 
you're really asking for directions. You're really just saying, what is it like being a bush pilot? And how do you become a bush pilot? And you sort of try it on. It's sort of like a class pass for work, but you you just try on different things. And then you, you, you see like, wow, I would really want to do this. And you then take steps to try to make that happen. Or you see that, oh, this isn't what I want to do at all. And then you go back to the drawing board and you prototype a new, a new thing. And it really, really works through going out there in the world and talking to people, seeing what people's journeys are, seeing how hard it is or not hard, seeing if it really wakes you up or thrills you or doesn't thrill you. Ultimately, you find something where you say, that's the thing that I really want to try next. And, and I think it's also really important to, to realize that you're going to do lots of different things in your life. You know, we just don't have just like you don't have one book in you or one podcast in you. We don't have one job in us. We're going to do lots and lots of different things. And that's a good thing. One thing that, oh, I'm sorry. Dorothy, well, I was just going to say, you know, we live in this society that like valorizes youth and we have this idea that, you know, everyone should be a prodigy and you should have everything figured out really young and you should be successful really young. And there are all those like 30 under 30 lists. And, you know, and I think that can be really discouraging for people um, who don't have it all figured out at age, you know, 26. I feel like we hear from a lot of listeners who are worried that it's quote unquote too late for them. Um, and they're like, I'm 31 and, you know, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm wondering if that's something that you encounter. And as you're talking, it just, you know, like you said, life, life, life is long. We do a lot of different things. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like that was a really powerful part of your story. Totally. And I think, I think the word passions, the words passions and purpose, you know, are dangerous words because people believe that they need them and mm. they need to like know what they are. Yeah. And I like more to look at, to, to use a word like curiosity. Like, what are you curious about and what would you like to learn more about? And you try to go down that path and see if it interests you. And yeah, I think I listened to one of your um, Q&A's podcasts and somebody was 31 and they felt like it was too late to change. And I went, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's never too late. I mean, look at, yeah, I just watched, I don't know, have you guys seen the Jane Fonda HBO uh, documentary? I haven't watched it yet. Not yet. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and they, they, they separate her life into five acts uh, and, uh, you know, she does it through the, through her four marriages and now she's on her own, but, but what an extraordinary woman. And, and, um, there are so many people that just keep going and going and going. And I think, and life is unpredictable. I mean, throughout all of these things that you talked about, you know, sort of my black and white resume, I've also had some really hard things happen. And life can change on a dime. Like, we all know this. People get sick. People die. Things happen. And we, again, need the grit and the resilience to get through those moments and to realize that life is just so much about what we're doing. Oh, Ellen, you're the best. Oh, this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I have to before we before we go. I want to just tell people when at some point I emailed you. I was in a job where I was so miserable; it was almost unbearable. But I was terrified to quit, and I emailed you, and you very kindly 
wrote back a very detailed response. And this is the first thing that you said. You said, quit, number one, caps, exclamation point, (laughs) in all red. And then you said, do not spend a second longer being unhappy, anxious, or depressed. Life is short and unpredictable. And that was so helpful. And it said, you said, there's absolutely no reason for a talented person like yourself to spend your time at a job you hate. And I imagine that is advice you would give to anybody. Anybody. As long as they have the means. I mean, I know the one hang up is uh, financial means, um, but there are ways, you know, I mean, what, what, if someone, if we have someone before we let you go, if someone said, I want to quit my job, but financially I need it. How do they, how do they then set themselves up to be able to leave a job they hate while still not sacrificing, um, their, their financial stability. Sure. Well, you know, there are all sorts of ways to do that. First of all, there are all sorts of ways to make money, whether it's walking dogs or baking cupcakes and selling them, you know, there, there are many, many ways to make money. And, and if you're in a job that makes a lot more money than walking dogs or baking cupcakes and you're feeling stuck in that, you, you know, finding something else that maybe brings joy into your life and doing it and waking up early in the mornings or doing it at night or doing it on Saturdays and trying slowly but surely to make that small little piece a bigger piece in your life until that new thing becomes, you know, successful enough or big enough or you feel confident enough in it to be able to make the leap. But I think even the smallest step towards something else will just feel so much better in your life and feel give you the sense that you're not stuck because we're never stuck. There's always, always ways to figure things out. Oh, Ellen, on that note, where can our listeners find you on the internet and social media? Well, my um, um, website is ellenfondler.com. And right now I'm working on three great projects. One is a course called Relaunch that I'm doing many, many times throughout next year. And I'm just starting it now. Uh, We're online and in person in San Francisco, which is all about reinvention and using some of these designing your life techniques that I've been talking about. Um, So that's one thing. I'm also offering something with Heidi, our favorite astrologer, Heidi Heidi Rose Rose Robbins, Robbins, the best human. Chart Your Career, where it's a collaboration where you get an hour with Heidi, an astrological reading with Heidi, and 60 minutes of a career strategy session with me, and then a great next steps email after that. And I'm also writing a book. I'm going to take my How Did You Do That series into an interview series into a book. So I'm looking for like a publisher that would want to do that. So if you guys know of anybody, let me know. So, um, Anyway, so I'm, I'm doing that. So ellenfondler.com, and I have a great newsletter every single month where I talk a lot about career. I do a lot of um, links and all sorts of things to help people read things, podcasts, you know, that will open. The, I think the main thing to be able to do uh, is to just open your brain to new possibilities. It's like traveling. You know, when the second when you travel and you go on a trip and then you get to the international arrivals building and already you realize, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And you feel different and you go to a new country and your brain just expands. And I think living our lives that way is just really important. Ellen, thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. You're the best. Thank you, guys. Thanks and this is a, I love, love, love this podcast. It's wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really interested in starting to use some of the masks you're talking about. Oh, well, so, hey, we'll send you some of our faves. <laughs> would you? That yeah, would be great. I would for love sure. That. I would love that. I was, I was telling a friend the other day all about this, and, and I said, 
And, you know, there are these amazing masks out there we should really try. There's a whole world of things you can spend your money on if you feel like it. I mean, that's kind of the curse. <laughs> people use them. People put them on in taxis and in airplanes and all these things. And it's just like, you know, this new thing. Yeah. So there's, well, you're yeah. a very brave person. So I feel like you would walk down the street in a face mask. I would. I would. <laughs> you're not afraid of that kind of stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. This has been such a pleasure. Thank and I really, you. I really appreciate the invitation to, to be here. Well, we're so glad to have you on. Thanks so much, Ellen. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. So, Kate, last week you were talking about how you were going to D.C. and you needed to pack smart and light. And I did. You did. I did. Did I enjoy the fact that I didn't bring seven pairs of shoes? I mean, it annoyed me a little bit. (laughs) I wanted more shoes there. I brought, but I brought my Dansko boots, which I wore the whole time. So comfy. Instead of sneakers, I was like, listen, these boots can be dressed up or dressed down. They're the shoe I'm wearing most of the time. And I packed smart and I packed light and it was effective. Good job. And I have to say, look, this is, I'm not supposed to spawn con here, but I did use the Away suitcase that was graciously provided to us by our sponsor Away. And man, that thing, I can stuff that thing. Yeah. I can stuff it. Yeah. So I was able to pack a ton of stuff into it. um, And I actually bought a pair of shoes while I was there. What? And managed to fit them in my suit. My oh my already gosh. Full, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing really does expand. I've, wow. Yes. That's um, awesome. But I did. It, it, it felt great. I have to say it felt nice to not be lugging a ton of stuff across the country. Yes. Mm. How about you? Did you get back into the prenatal yoga zone as intended? I sure did. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went yesterday. That's right. I was texting you when you were there. Yeah. I got out of yoga and there were two missed calls and a whoops, text from whoops. Kate. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my phone was on silent. Very assertively fun. trying to track you down. Well, it is rare that I don't answer my phone <laughs> or respond to your text. So I understand. How dare you do something um, I can't reach you. But are you becoming like a regular? Are you recognizing other attendees in the yoga class? I am. Rec- I, I recognize um, Sophie, who's three weeks ahead of me. A friend. She, well, she's not a friend, but I recognize her. Not yet. She's Sophie. Hungarian. Are you out there, Sophie? She's going back to Hungary oh, to give birth. Oh, she is? Yeah. The teacher has us go around and say how far along we are, who our doctor is, where we're giving birth, and also like how we're feeling. Um, Can I tell you a tidbit from prenatal yoga when I did Yeah. It? When I gave birth, I ended up sharing a hospital room in Manhattan with a woman from my prenatal yoga class in Brooklyn. Oh my gosh. We both had crazy emergency C-sections on the same day. Oh my goodness. And they wheeled me in and I was like, have we met? We've met before. We established that we were both in the same That's prenatal so yoga class. That's so funny. Well, except for Sophie from Hungary, I'd say the vast majority of the people in my class are also delivering as cedars. So y'all bump into each other. I might run into some of them. Laboring together. Yeah. No, but it's, you know, it's really good. I think it's good for me to kind of like move my bod, stretch out, do a lot of like hip openers and I think, you know, stuff that like helps your pelvic floor. It's also nice just being around other pregnant people. Yes. Um, And, you know, again, having gone through all that IVF, you sort of feel like you're like marked in some way. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I don't know. At least that's how I've felt. I mean, I, I didn't go through IVF, so I don't, I don't totally know, but I 
hear you. But now it's like, I'm just another pregnant person. I get it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like -hmm. every time we go around and say how far along we are, I don't have to be like, I did two years of IVF. Sure. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So that kind of feels good too. That I, and like, I've also thought to myself, oh, some of these women also probably did IVF. Yeah. You know? Who knows Um, what their journeys have been. Who knows what their journeys have been. So that has been a kind of like nice thing. And I think I mentioned last week that I'm trying to like put it in my calendar. Like speaking of putting things in my calendar, I'm trying to put it in my calendar so that I don't like say that I'm available to record during that time or can hang out with someone or, you know, whatever. Like, no, that is going to be my time to go to prenatal yoga. This particular teacher teaches three days a week. Um, I've been going mostly on Tuesdays. And so I feel like that's kind of going to be my day. I might also add Thursdays in if I feel like motivated. Um, but yeah, I feel good. It's really close to my house. That's great. So yeah. And as your body continues to grow and change, I feel like it, it's a really stretching and just kind of getting in connected with your body is so powerful. Totally. <sighs> what is your intention oh, this week? I was going to ask you. Beat well, you to it. Wow. Nice. <laughs> nice move. You're so stealth. Uh, I am going to honor my cold. How are you going to honor it? I'm just going to give in to the fact that I have a cold. Okay. I'm not going to fight it. You know what I'm, you know, those the, like where you're just trying I to do. put it off. Where you're like, I'm not really sick. No. Yeah. You're just <laughs> trying to push through and you're like, it's not that bad. I can still do yeah. all the things I used to do. This is my week two of having a cold. It doesn't mm. seem to be budging. And you know what? I'm just going to let the cold win. Okay. And take it easy. Try to get more sleep. You know, for example, I was going to try to go to a 6 a.m. Pilates class tomorrow morning. What? I love early morning Pilates. But that is real early. It is, but sometimes it's the only time I can go. Okay. But I hear you. But then I was like, no, 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 no. Go to bed early and sleep without an alarm, you know, or set your alarm for seven as opposed to 545. So I'm just, I'm trying to let the cold take its course and totally. just ride it, ride it out. It's not fun. I have a throbbing sinus headache right oh, now, as I'm I've so already sorry. mentioned 50 times. Anyway, <sighs> so hopefully next time you hear my voice, I won't have this cold. Here's hoping. Here is hoping. Well, Dory, the time has come. Well, how about my intention, Kate? Fuck, you know, I always <laughs> do that. Wow. I always focus. How about me? I focus on myself and then I just move forward. Uh, oh, God. Uh, um, Dory, I did. please do share. <laughs> In kind of the the spirit of what we were talking about earlier in this episode, my intention is to figure out at least one thing that I'm getting for my husband. Do you have any any leads so far? I have a couple of like maybes. I asked one of his friends um, for some suggestions of like, like he has very specific fandoms that he's a part of. And I like I've gotten him some stuff in his fandom, but it's I feel like it's always a little hit or miss. Like, sometimes if I, like, buy something for him off eBay, it'll be, like, something he had also been watching, but, like, had decided not to buy. You know what I mean? Or something like that. And so I'd ask for some suggestions, and they sent them to me, and I don't think that they're going to work. Um, And let's be clear. His fandoms are, like... His fandoms are Star Trek. Jaws. Jaws. um, Dave Matthews Band. Frasier. Frasier. Cheers. The Beatles. The Beatles. um, Batman. Boston. Boston. Yeah, the Boston Red Sox <laughs> and Boston in general. And then your dog. And our dog, which, you know, 
I, I got him that. I'm pointing to a lovely framed photograph of our dog that I got him as part of his Christmas present it's a last great year. Photo of your dog. Um, we had at his daycare, they have a photographer come every year and, and <laughs> take like you can pay to get like holiday pictures taken. So, of course, oh we did God. it. Um, but we <laughs> sidebar, we dressed him in his Hanukkah sweater for the pictures without really realizing that the sweater is actually a little too small on him. <laughs> so the picture is like, his like neck rolls are like falling out of the sweater. <laughs> he looks, oh. I mean, he like doesn't look like he really cares. It's but... like a little kid in like a little, like a kid picture. I like a know. Picture. He's so cute. Anyway, so that's my intention for the week. And now you may. Oh, jeez, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Friends, we have a voicemail at 781-591-0390. You can email us forever35podcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, groups slash forever35podcast over on the Facebook. We have many spinoffs and the password is serums. And we would still love it if you left us a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. And please do tell a friend about Forever 35. And just a reminder that everything we talk about is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Bye. Bye.